0: See the world from a totally different perspective ready for provocative conversation intriguing stories and inspiration then don't touch that dial welcome to talk with francesca she'll give you something to talk about all week long now here's francesca
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, and you're listening to AM 1510 NBC Sports Radio Boston. If you've got questions or comments and you want to join in on this conversation, you can send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. I'll repeat that email. It's info at talkwithfrancesca.com. You can find me on Facebook or you can check out my website at talkwithfrancesca.com. Okay. I love all your emails. I read them all, so please continue to tell me what's on your mind. I will answer yours. On September 11, 2001, one of the worst days in American history occurred. The thousands of people killed on 9-11 left thousands more grieving. Sixteen of those killed left behind were twins. One can't compare or contrast losses or pain. But what is it like to be twinless because of 9-11? Well, Pam Bittner lost her twin brother, Jeffrey, and he worked on the 89th floor when the second tower hit. Jeffrey had tons of friends. He was a mentor to not just New York City school kids, but his twin sister, Pamela, who is with me here today. Thank you for having me. So this week is the anniversary
0: of 9-11. How are you doing with it? Um, You know, it's one of those things that sort of ebbs and flows, um, obviously, every day, but becomes a little bit more magnified um, in the weeks leading up to the anniversary, um, you see a lot more um, focus on television and in the news, and um, I'm certainly not immune to to any of that. Um, but it's always it, it's always a difficult time. It's always a time where I become very, um, very much more conscious on a daily basis. I mean, obviously, I think about my brother every day. You know, multiple times a day, but, you know, it becomes particularly um, um, a particularly heart-heavy time for me um, this time of year, um, to say the least.
1: Well, you know, it's it's been said that twins have the strongest bonds between humans, you know, like losing a mm-hmm. limb. Would you say that's a fair description?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, growing up, we always, you know, we were fairly inseparable for the most part. Um and as we got older and spent you know more time apart there were always those those moments that you know you could you know i used to say i could sense things he would you know invariably say i was nuts <laughs> um but you know i I think maybe being female and being a little bit more intuitive to my feelings,
1: yeah.
0: um, I always felt that there was always that that bond and that, that gravitational pull that maybe siblings, other siblings wouldn't have with one another. I mean, I really can't compare to anything else, not really knowing what it's like to not have a twin, um, but you know there were times where I would pick up the phone to call him and he would be on the other end of the phone doing the same thing, or you know um, having that sense of you know so I think something's wrong, and you know give him a phone call and something was wrong, you know um, so it really does um does lend to that theory that there is this bond that's like no other. So to underscore how close you were, Jeffrey called you every day. Is that right? Yes. We probably spoke on the phone, I mean, at least once a day, but usually, I don't know, three, three, four times a day probably. When we were at work or, you know, you know, it, it's kind of hard to put this into reference, but, you know, when he was alive, you know, he had just gotten a cell phone. He didn't. He wasn't texting. There wasn't text. There. You know, we emailed, but it was still when you had, you know, voice to voice contact every day. It wasn't you know just a, an email or a text message here or there. We had that
1: uh-huh. that
0: very personal one to one conversation multiple times a day for st- silly things. You know, just good morning, have a good day, or you know, what are you doing for the weekend? Or I'm having. You know this problem at work, can you help me talk it out? You know just you know anything like that, but it was very um, the lines of communication were always open let's just say that we We mm-hmm. spoke very frequently and how were you similar as twins? I would say we were probably most similar in um we were both we were both were both very responsible, both very um good listeners. Um, I'd like to think that we were both very good friends to our friends, um, you know, and kind and to each other, obviously. Yes. Yes. For, first and foremost. Um, but we were also polar opposites in a lot of respects as well. So um, but I think, you know, in the in the core, in our core values of what me, you know, what makes a good human, I, I would say that we, we shared those and that, you know, that's that. that Came from our parents. Mm-hmm. That came from you know how they raised us and the values that they instilled in us.
1: And you lost not only your brother but your parents, both your parents, within a very short period of time. Is that right? I did. Yes. My mom died
0: about two years before. My dad died two years, about two years after.
1: Oh. And and so. what
0: happened on that day, nine eleven? Um, I was at home. I had actually <clears throat> just been laid off. Um, from a job I my last day was July 31st and we had I had just been kind of um started to get back into the job search and he would call me every morning to <laughs> give me my morning wake-up call and he called me <clears throat> at eight, I remember looking at the clock and thinking it's 846 why you know this is so unfair why is he calling me um it's unfair yeah. that he should call you <laughs> yeah <laughs> um little did I know um, and um, he called to tell me that something had happened um, in the other tower, and he, you know, it was a plane, but they thought it was a small plane, and, you know, he was fine, but he wanted me to know from him before I saw it on the news. So um, we talked for a little bit, and I turned on the news, and I hung up with him. And as soon as I saw what was happening, I called him back, and I said, that, that looks really, really bad. And he said well they they told us to stay stay where we are um and they'll you know basically give us further instruction, you know I think he said the the announcements over the you know the fire system or something said you know um you know all is secure, you know, stay in your place until you know we have further instruction and then you know just a little bit after that is when um the plane hit his building and I happened to be on the phone with my father at the time that that happened. And, um, my, that, I had, I didn't talk to him again after that. Oh, unimaginable.
1: If you could talk to Jeffrey right now, what would you say?
0: Oh my gosh. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I wouldn't even know where to begin just because so you I mean, it's been 12 years and so many things have happened and certainly, um, you know, you, you growing up, you have a vision for your life and how you think it's going to turn out and when it turns out to be not only the complete opposite but something that's so completely unimaginable. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I, I really wouldn't. I, I would tell him how much I love him and how proud I am of him. And, <clears throat> you know, I try to live my life in a way that would make not only Jeff proud but my parents proud. And I, you know, I would probably have a conversation with him about that. And, um, tell us about that. What are you doing? uh, As far as keeping, how how are you living my life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's, it's, aside from scholarships that we've set up, um, in his memory, all over uh, Connecticut, New York, Vermont, you know, um, our, our high school, his college in New York City, um, it's more the day-to-day. It's more the, you know, what would Jeffrey Bittner do in this situation? And, you know, it's, it's not only me. It's, a lot of his friends have always said to me, you know, I very often find myself in the midst of a situation that seems rather difficult, and you take a step back and you think, okay, what, what's the advice Jeff would give me? Or what would what would Jeff's thoughts on this be? And, you know, having known him so well, I feel like I – I have a pretty good idea, so it's it's sometimes like he's my moral compass or guide, you know, thinking back to, you know, how he handled certain situations or how he behaved and how rational he was and how pragmatic he was and helpful and kind, you know, I mean, think of any wonderful adjective you could think of as a friend and a brother and a son, and you know, you can, the list goes on and on, but really just... You know how he would um, behave in certain situations, and how um, how continuing his legacy not only in you know the uh, material way of you know creating these scholarships, but in the immaterial way by just being a better person and hopefully um, making some of the people around me, better people as well, just because I'm trying to, to behave as he would. I mean, it sounds a little grandiose and a little bit absurd in some ways, but it's really the truth.
1: It it sounds like he was almost more of a a, a big brother, a mentor, um,
0: rather than twin. Oh yeah, absolutely. And not just to me, to everybody. I mean, I think that, um, that's, that's kind of, that was always his role. I mean, he was in, you know, the, The big joke was he was a minute older when, in fact, I mean, he was really just wise beyond his years in a lot of ways. Um, You know, he was not he was not um, the type of person that conformed to anybody else's, you know, ideals or or, you know, peer pressure was never something that ever affected him. You know, he he. Always was very, very true to himself and his beliefs, and um, you know that's what I think made him um, so admired and so um, and why people looked up to him because he was really tr- very true to himself and and his his beliefs and you know that's not something a lot of young men can say that they've done. I mean, I, I know men <laughs> my age that that. You know could live another forty years and not be half the man that he was at twenty seven He also
1: mentored uh, a New York City um school kids.
0: is that right? So he had signed up to be a mentor, and his mentor was assi- his student was assigned um, and he was killed, so we actually never met his student and a very dear friend, um, Jethro Ferguson, um, stepped in and um, mentored the student. In Jeff's place, which was very, very special for all of us and for jethro as well and um we all stayed in contact with the student for several years until he uh went to cornell um, oh, and wow. yeah, so you know just it just shows that those types of program how you know education was so important to my brother and to be you know someone that could you know give of his time. And you know, help financially to give a child um the educational advantages that he was given um, was so important to him, which is why we've set up so many scholarships because we just know how how important it was to him to have that as his legacy I mean even as a young man, he always talked about what he wanted his legacy to be that he you know aspired to be a great philanthropist and and you know somebody. To that could help those that needed it and to educate and to help people out of, you know, circumstances that were beyond their control. And so that's what we try to do. I wanted
1: to ask you what you miss most about your brother, but I think you've really pretty much everything. There's yeah, one thing. yeah, you know, um, if, yeah. If we're just if you're just tuning in, you're listening to talk with Francesca, and I'm speaking with Pam Bittner, who lost her twin brother, Jeffrey, in the 9/11 attacks. Do you, Pamela, think that time can ever really, ever really
0: heal this wound? No. 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 And, and it's funny because some days I think it, it can, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, just last month. I was having some work done in my home, and I had to move a bunch of boxes um, and move them into my storage unit. And as I went up to the storage unit, a top fell off one of the boxes, and it was a box of my brother's things. And um, I don't know whether or not I had forgotten I had them or if I didn't even know. I don't know if it I'm sure I knew, but the contents of the box, there were, um you know collar stays from his work shirts and you know a leather box and running socks and dress socks and looking at those things and thinking about him i mean it was it was like no time had passed it was so fresh and so awful and so heartbreaking that you know it 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 you know set me right off my feet for, for a couple of days. I just, you know, just was in a fog kind of like back 12 years ago when every day seemed like it just bled into the next and, you know, didn't make sense. And that, you know, just sometimes you just get brought right back to that moment and it can be something like a pair of socks or just a dream or a feeling or something. So it's really, you know, it's really hard to say that, you know, it's ever gonna. It's ever gonna change. I don't think it will. I think it'll just, again, it ebbs and flows, and good days, bad days. Pamela, how do you make sense of his death? I can't make sense of his death, but what I can do is um, make positive changes or positive um, contributions. In his memory that's the only really that's the only way I know how to <clears throat> make sense of it is that um, it was his like I said it was his you know um, intention to be a philanthropist and to help those in need so if we can do that in his memory then that's that's what I was put here to do that's the that's the only justification I can make and that's not even a justification for it or a, you know, um, um, it just gives it, a, it gives it some meaning. Uh-huh. What uh, Pamela, what's helped you most in your grief? Um, friends, my friends. I have an amazing network of friends um, from lifelong friends, high school friends, college friends, um, and Jeff's friends from college that um, have become um, some of my dearest friends that, you know, been through in the last 12 years, have been through marriages and babies and all that wonderful life stuff that, you know, he should have been here for. But, um, you know, I... I know get to see firsthand. He's had friends that have named their children after him and um made me godparents. So it's you know, it's you know, the circle of life it kind of it kind of moves on and that's really what what helps me is seeing the kids, his friends' kids, my friend's kids and you know, in in as they get older teaching them about my brother and how good he was and the things he did and, you know, what kind of friend he was and how he, you know, how he conducted himself as a young man, as an athlete, as a student, you know, keeping up his legacy is probably what helps me the most too. Does it help to talk about him? I love talking about him if you couldn't
1: tell. I, to talk well, I was, just talk about I, I him. I <laughs> wasn't a hundred percent sure. I was wondering if, if you, yeah, I mean, I know that you love him very dearly, but I just didn't know whether um, you actually liked talking about him. Um, how has this experience changed your life?
0: It, you know, it's. I mean, it's such a loaded question. It's I know. such a loaded question. Um, There's so many parts of it, you know, losing my mom at 24 and then losing my brother at 27 and, you know, and my dad at 30, it was just, you know, that whole time, I mean, all of that together just was such a, so defining. Um, I would like, I'd I'd like to think that it made me a kinder, um, gentler person um, who is much less selfish. And um, that can think about um, the greater good rather than, you know, um, sort of in a singular, mm-hmm. in a right. singular way.
1: Does it help to be, uh, it, or is it helpful to be
0: grateful for what you do have? Absolutely. It, it, you know what? And it, it's funny. I say, I'm actually so grateful for the years I had with my family that you know I'm often asked, you know, and it's kind of a sort of a loaded question as well, but you know I wouldn't trade back any of the heartache I've had for the time that I had with my brother. Like you there's nothing that would make me trade in those 27 years for any amount of pain and heartache because those were the best 27 years that um I could have ever been given. And um, for as awful and as heartbreaking and as just tragic as as the circumstances are, um, I wouldn't trade them in mm-hmm. or him, for anyone else or any other circumstance.
1: Pamela, have you been able to, or have you formed connections with other twins who had gone through the same
0: experience? Or who haven't? I haven't, actually. Um, I've done, <clears throat> over the years, some interviews with, others but uh, you know for me it's about um, <clears throat> those that knew him and loved him uh-huh. and spending my time with them and, and strengthening those relationships rather than um, it, 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 being a twin is so personal and it, there are so many different ins and outs of the relationships that mine was so personal that I would I, I Want to keep it within my close knit circle, and you know, it's just not something that I've I've sought to do or felt the need to do.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, quite some time back, Pamela, I interviewed um, Dr. Fred Luskin, who um, is of the Stanford Forgiveness Project, and and you know, it's been said obviously that forgiveness is you know not something that we do necessarily for ourselves. Uh, I mean, for others, but. For ourselves, so that we can move on. How, how do you feel about that? I mean, what what is your take on on that, given the situation? Um, you know, it,
0: it,
1: I mean, are you able I, to forgive, or you know, do do you what, what's your what's your philosophy?
0: I um, no, I I I I can't forgive an act like this. I can't um, say that I have. However, I tend to rather than focus on that and focus on who did this and why they did this, focus on my brother, who he was, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the innocence of their lives lost and the good that they did in their lives and the good that we can do for them posthumously um, is what I would prefer to focus on as opposed to spending any time thinking about um, the unspeakable, unthinkable, atrocious individuals that um, perpetrated such a Mm -hmm. horrific crime.
1: So we just have just a few minutes left, but I'd like to ask you, how do you think
0: Jeffrey would want to be remembered? (laughs) That's funny. He was very, very modest, so I'm sure um, having me talk on radio about how wonderful he was and how you know what a mentor he was um, is, would probably make him cringe. I think that he would want to be remembered as a good friend, a good brother, and a good son. And he clearly um, was. And he 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 was. That you know, in the simplest of terms, um, he just wanted people to know he was there for him. That he was there for them, and he always was.
1: Thank you, Pamela, for being on a talk with Francesca today. I appreciate you. your time. Okay. That was Pamela Bittner. Her twin brother died in the 9 11 attacks, one of 16 or so twins that died that day. All right. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.